episode 128 for February 2011. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have today's comics at yesterday's prices. And the discounts start at 38 and they go up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trades. A Spider Spotlight book for this episode is Amazing Spider-Man number 658. This one has Spidey spotting a new white suit as he joins the Fantastic Four to replace the Human Torch. The cover price is $3.99. Mail order has it for just $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Welcome back, gang, to our Valentine's Day edition of the Crawl Space Podcast. With, uh, we've got JR. Been married how many years, JR? Too many. Are, are. <laughs> oh, dear. I kind of try to block it out of my mind, I mean, so I can stay sane. Do you have something special for the lady on Valentine's Day going on? Uh, <laughs> well, I uh, haven't killed her yet. <laughs> nice! Oh, wow. All right. Uh, welcome to the Dr. Phil podcast. Anyway, JR from SpideyGigsButt.com, all-around spider expert. Another spider expert, we have Michael Bailey from the Views from the Long Box show. Also, you're going in the 80s Marvel bins, aren't you? You're going back yes. to the 80s stuff. Yes, I am, and enjoying myself uh, mightily. I, I managed to get basically most of the uh, alien saga, alien costume saga. From you get a good deal on Amazing 252, I saw. Oh, 25 bucks, yeah. It was Nice. Uh, Managed to talk the guy down a little bit, but that that book is actually getting a lot pricier at these one-day shows that I've been going to. Right. So I don't know if it's just because it's like almost a 20, uh, 30-year-old book or what. So uh, 30 years ago. What What's your run from Amazing up to? What do you get? You get a complete run. I, I thought you said. I have from two fifty-two to four oh seven right now. Okay. Cool. Do you have any of the Burn reboot stuff at all? Uh, I have the first issue of Amazing Spider-Man, and I have Chapter One. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> We're just but I'm working on it and trying to do it as cheaply as possible, which has been working out with me so far. Uh, thank you, eBay, is all I got to say. Also, we have Kevin Cushing, an aspiring writer, actor. He doesn't need to aspire; he's all around a good guy. So we have him on the line. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you. Uh, I have no spouses to talk about, so I, I guess I'm the anti-Valentine's Day guy in the line. Well, I tell you what, you're getting off cheap, brother. Those roses aren't <laughs> getting any cheaper, I'm telling you. <laughs> but the couch is getting colder. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm like Dangerfield. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and we have Stella from the Batgirl to Oracle podcast, administrator on the board, and another all-around good gal. Welcome, Thanks. Stella. Yeah, hello. I I am yeah, I'll be celebrating the um what's it called? Not Valentine's Day, but single awareness day on, <laughs> on February fourteenth. But uh but I I won't let it get me down. No, I will be going out and uh seeing a movie and yeah. What are you gonna see? Uh right now I, I just called my you know, my best friend up and said, you know, let's just not even think about it and just, you know, go have fun. So I think we're gonna go see no strings attached. Which one's that? Oh, 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 with Natalie Portman. Yeah. Having yeah. sex. We'll, yeah, okay. We'll see. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> Valentine's Day sex buddy movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's Why like don't they just call it Friends with Benefits? I mean, that's a much better title. I think there's actually another movie coming out called Friends with Benefits. <laughs> 
Because they're making this movie about three times right now, from what I've seen. They could just call it, call it a sequel to a classic, Booty Call 2. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> the definition of classic in mind. Dude. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> anyway, that one looks pretty good. You know, there's another one coming out that looks good called um, a ho- Free Pass or Holiday Pass or something like that. What's that called? It's got uh, the dude from Saturday Night Live. And Cameron Diaz, and basically these married men get a free free weekend pa- weekend pass, I think is what's called, and they get to go pick up women at the Olive Garden. It's it's really <laughs> that they're now doing science fiction films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Class. You know, I, I can't speak for Brad or Jr., but yeah. if I even got halfway through that sentence, there would be a frying pan coming at my face. <laughs> <laughs> and then you would have a boo boo with boo, yeah. Yeah. Try phrasing that all together. Okay, before we get on the news, uh, we've got some new iTunes reviews, and I encourage everyone, uh, if you like the show or if you hate the show, go on to iTunes and write a review for the show. So far, we've got uh, 17 uh, ratings. We're averaging about one, two, three, four, four and a half stars out of five, so that's pretty good. Uh, but however, this first one uh, just hates me. Uh, the, the topic is uh, Host is Annoying by DJ Net. To do. Quote, not a bad show, good coverage, and pretty entertaining, but the host overlaughs at everything that the other guys say. It's like he's trying to fit in a bit too much. Tone his laughing down some, and I could stand to listen more. Well, I'm sorry you didn't get your money's worth out of the show, Mr. DJ, but, uh, sorry about that. Am I trying to fit in? <laughs> oh, wait, he didn't pay shit for the show. Okay, next week, <laughs> uh, from uh, Charles Niemeyer. Uh, make sure you blank. I don't know if you want to fill in the blank on that one, but what I like about the podcast is that they cover all areas of Spider-Man in a very upbeat, upbeat manner. They cover not only the comics, but they also cover news about the movies, the shows, the musical, and other news. This is the best way to enjoy the overall world of Spider-Man. So thank you, Charles, for writing in. But I don't... Charlie's got a Superman podcast, too, called uh, Superman in the Bronze Age. Very nice. Very nice. So check that out. Uh, Rick and Roll, he gives us two out of five stars. He says, this show is unacceptable. I'd give this a higher rating if the men on the podcast would quit cussing. I want to share this podcast with my friends, but these immature, unprofessional guys do not censor themselves at all. Sexual innuendos, that's what she said, and vulgar language are far too common in a broadcast of this nature. Also, there is far too much talk about other comics and Spider-Man, Green Lantern, Green Lantern. Stay focused. (laughs) The podcast is worth subscribing to, but I wish they would clear up their language. Kevin, what do you think of this? Uh, yeah, I think I'm a... Uh, Bailey? Um, <laughs> I think professional implies that I get paid for this, and, uh, unless, unless the checks just ain't coming, uh, this guy can go... Uh, last one, Logan Daniel. This podcast is, this is the podcast you're looking for, five out of five. This show is amazing, it's spectacular, sensational, and... This show introduced me to podcasts for every single panelist has something different to offer. Kevin takes the book, takes the spider books from a writer's perspective while Stella has the rare female's perspective on comics. Zach knows his clone saga like none other. Michael is this nostalgic reviewer. JR is the one who remembers farther back than the others and has good insight into parallels from old issues. And Brad runs the show while keeping it positive, as positive as possible. You want to listen to this show. I adore it. So thank you, Logan. That was really nice. That was awesome. 
And the last one, new one that we'll read, a uh, great podcast submitted from Black Suit Spider-Man. This podcast was the first one I ever listened to, and it's hands down the one the one of the best there is. The cast is spectacular and amazing, pun intended. They are always deliver each show. Brett is the best podcast host there is with his awesome laugh. Ha, ha, ha. And always cheery attitude. Stella brings a great atmosphere to the podcast, and the rest of the panel members are great as well. If you're a fan of Spidey or just looking for a great podcast and a great time, this podcast is for you, Black Suit Spider-Man. I think I saw this in the bathroom for a good podcast call. No, just kidding. <laughs> anyway, just type in Spider-Man in iTunes, and write, a, and you can easily find uh, the podcast and write a review, and we'll read it on the air. Ta- let's uh, start with the news. Uh, we've got a good look of what the new suit is going to look like in the new movie, a website I'd never heard of before called Pop Sugar, which I thought was a porn site. Uh, I was about to say. <laughs> got a, uh, the paparazzi were swarming in on the production of the Spider-Man movie, and they got a good look at what the suit looks like. Um, let's see, how do I describe it? The, uh, the center web. Courier. Yeah, it looks like an exercise suit. He's got black lenses on the eyes. His uh, mid-red section on his chest is a little smaller. The legs of the spider extend to his junk. Uh, <laughs> Which is considerable. Yes, he's, he's got a <laughs> cod piece. Uh, his fingers on his gloves are not all red. They're red and blue. Uh, and there's weird lines uh, on the blue. And it looks like he's wearing Nike red shoes. So, um, we haven't heard from JR. JR, what do you think of this? This is not your traditional spider suit. No, um, and the fact that it's not the traditional spider suit doesn't really bother me. Uh, uh, rather glaring, uh, junk aside, um, it's, it's, it's hard to get worked up because I don't know if we've really seen the costume yet. Um, the only looks we've gotten, we got one look at Andrew Garfield in the costume and, it was a dark shot, and um, it was obviously either you know battle scarred or something or other. It, it looked pretty worn. And then apparently, what what they've been filming here is is stunt work, mm-hmm. uh, because I really I really don't believe those little silver footies uh, at the bottom of his feet are going to show up. I mean, I, I can't imagine if they, if they do, then then we've got a lot of problems. Then we're then we're looking at like you know something that Nick Hammond put together. Um, <laughs> I, I just, you know, I, 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 I can't get too upset about this until we actually see the real costume. I, I just really don't know exactly what we're seeing. Um, so I'm, I'm really going to have to take the fifth on this one until I, I know for sure that what we're seeing is the, uh, is the real deal. Well, let, let's play devil's advocate. What if this is the real suit? What if we get different? We, we've got different colored blue fingers. What, what it just does that doesn't bother me, but it just, okay. I mean, if, if this is the real one, uh, you know, then then it it just doesn't look very good. The, the colors look very washed out. Mm-hmm. It looks very worn. Um, you know, but uh, it, but I like I said, that's why I can't believe it's it's the final one. It's got to be some kind of working suit. Yeah. So I mean, the, 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 this particular suit is not impressive looking. No. Well, do you think they changed it just for the action figure sales? I mean, they people like well, to change just to change. Well, the. Probably some action figure sales, and probably to give people something different to look at. That's why we're getting, 
you know, that's why we're getting Gwen Stacy, and that's why we're apparently not getting J. Jonah Jameson or any Osbournes or, or anything like that. So they're trying to give us something different than what we've already seen. Yeah. You know, I, I don't have a problem with that, but I hope it, I hope the finished product looks a lot better than this. Yeah. Stella, what do you think of the new suit? I'm not really pleased with it. Um, yeah. I, I guess, you know, it's either because we're just so used to the, the other suit that we had that we'd known for nine years. But, um, I think that one just had so many wonderful attributes and this one just seems like it's, uh, somehow amalgamating, um, the amazing Spider-Man universe with the ultimate Spider-Man universe. And, uh, I don't, I don't, I just don't care for it as much. And and looking at the back from that photo that we have, mm-hmm. just you can't really see that spider. And I think that's kind of one of the the big things is you know when he turns <clears> around, <throat> you have this really um, awesome spider on the back. It's just yeah. it's tough. So I, I'm hopeful that um, I don't know. Do you really think there's going to be any editing on this, or this is it? I mean, what is it going to be like Green Lantern, and maybe they're going to do a lot of digital stuff with this? Well, I mean, if if they have stunt suits, aren't those supposed to match what the real suit looks like? I would think. I mean, why would they yeah. dumb it down because of cutaway shot? Granted, yeah. it's going to be a far away shot, so you just kind of need like an outline of what the suit looks like. But that's, there's a lot of detail on this thing, so I don't know why they wouldn't just manufacture a bunch of suits for the stunt guys and the actor. So, I don't know. I, I um, the the hands and the codpiece and the and the boots annoy me the most. I think. But, uh, Mr. Bailey, what do you think? They redesigned your classic hero, Superman, for the last movie. Were you upset about that? Are you, as, um, are you upset the, about this spider suit? I mean, well, to answer your first question, the only thing I, I really didn't like about the the Superman costume was the S was too small for my taste, and uh, I've said it before, and I say, we'll say it again that the S on the belt buckle makes it look like a child's costume for Halloween <laughs> that you get in a cellophane box with a mask and by, all that. By Ben okay. Cooper, yes. Yeah, by Ben Cooper. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I've I had a similar thought to what Stella had is that maybe they're going to digitally take some stuff out or tweak the costume. Um, I don't, I don't quite think that, cause if I remember correctly with the green lantern suit, the only reason we didn't get any onset photos is because he, he wasn't wearing a, a, a green lantern suit. He was wearing kind of a motion capture suit mm. that they could go in and play with later. Uh, when I saw the first photo, my, 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 my initial thought, you know, with, uh, as Jared mentioned, it's all messed up and it looks like he's walking away from a battle. Um, I was like, you know what, that, that, that's different, but I, kind of, I kind of dig it. You know, I, I, I want to see more of it. When I saw these pictures, uh, I agree that the silver booties is probably not going to be, uh, final. That's probably a special, running type shoe that was created so the stunt man could have a comfort when he's running. I, I hope to God it's not the final color scheme because if it is, I'm really disappointed. I, I liked the costumes from the first three movies. I thought the 3d effect was a little much, but they had a very classic Spider-Man feel to them. And I was kind of hoping for that here. Uh, but I'm not going to really weigh in finally until, like, I see a trailer or I see, like, the full movie or maybe some better photos will start coming out uh, that are not taken far away with a telephoto lens. 
Yeah. So the the one with him on the truck was kind of funny for some reason. I don't yeah. know why. It's just like, wow, that's just random. What's what the the snapping of the picture in the mid stunt scene cannot be more inappropriately awkward. <laughs> I mean, the poor guy. I, I don't even know. I know this is audio, but uh, go search this. I'll I'll put a link or something in the review of this show. But my goodness, <sighs> I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, we'll probably get a bad iTunes review if I do. Um, Kevin got his junk in that dude's face. Exactly. I mean, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Kevin, we lost a spider belt, but we gained a spider cod piece. <laughs> well, and the, the worst part about this picture with the junk in the face is if you look at it, the thug who's got the junk in his face <laughs> seems to have a huge smile on his face. <laughs> I mean, he seems to be enjoying himself. Wow. Uh, wow. It, it's very disturbing. Yeah. My goodness. But yeah, if I had to describe this costume uh, specifically to Steve Walker, I would have to say straight up ass. <laughs> um, not good. But something interesting, one of the posters on our board pointed out mm-hmm. um, that I think he in turn got from another board, um, is that this costume is almost exactly the same thing from that miniseries from a few years ago called Spider-Man with Great Power. Was uh, this was the costume for that he made up for wrestling. This was his wrestling costume. And it, it really is almost exactly the same damn thing, which brings up the question, A, might this be his just his wrestling costume? But then if it is, who are these thugs he's fighting? Why is he still in his wrestling costume? And why is that the one they put out for the poster? Yeah. Um, and it would also... If it's not just his wrestling costume, why the hell would they pull the full costume for the whole big budget movie out of the wrestling costume from this crappy miniseries from a few years ago? That was a really a really bad miniseries. I just couldn't get over it. Yeah, the previews alone were bad enough for me. I didn't even pick it up. I remember Jr. picked it up, and we were both just mortified with it, weren't we? Uh, yeah, it, it was pretty bad. It was um, it, it was it, it was one of those things. It was a part of. Spider-Man's life we really didn't need to know anything about. We don't really care mm-hmm. that much. And it was kind of creepy. I mean, he was hanging yeah. around a real you know, real sleazy bunch of characters, and he was falling in love with a woman who was... Who like was, 40-ish or something? Well, well I, that's not that bad. But, <laughs> I, I you know, know, but he's an 18-year-old but kid. She looked, but she was, <laughs> obvious, she, she was obviously... I guess what I'm saying is, I, yeah, obviously age-wise would have been a problem, but, but she just looked like she had all, all kinds of miles on her. Uh, <laughs> so it, it was 16 just a miles of used road is that <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't get much forth, for the trade in yeah yeah my goodness <laughs> wow. yeah it was lousy miniseries horrible okay um i think that's about all we can talk about that one next topic uh i was kind of i wasn't shocked but i was kind of sad maybe uh just from, because I've been collecting the magazine so long, Wizard Magazine and Toy Fair Magazine have ended uh, production of their printed copies. Evidently, they're going to an online version. And I still had a subscription. I, every month, I would get Wizard and Toy Fair in the, uh, the mailbox. I think I was one of the only ones. Uh, I remember when Wizard came out. Bailey, I ma- ma- imagine you do, too. What The very first Todd McFarlane cover of Spidey and the Little Wizard Hat. Yeah, I, I caught up. I actually came into Wizard at issue 33, but I mm. remember seeing it on the shelf. Yeah. And and going, hey, wow, there's actually a comic book about magazines. Because outside of that, from what I could find uh, in my area, it was like Comic Scene Magazine was the only yeah. other one. 
Yeah, remember in the 90s they came out with a whole bunch of these. There was Fan by Overstreet. Mm-hmm. There was... Uh, Hero Illustrated. I had that um, So yeah. What were some of the other ones that came... I'm trying to remember. I have a bunch of them yeah. in a box uh, in the other room. I, I thought Wizard was just awesome. I looked forward to it every month back in the 90s, and I think when they went downhill is when they shrunk their, their page size and they got away from comics and the price guide and they tried to become Entertainment Weekly. Well, the problem is is that from when it first came out in 91 till I'll say about 2000, mm-hmm. it was it was relevant because it was one of the few places you could really go on a uh, – to attract the widest range of people to get news on comic books. It's where you first read about things uh, like, you know, Age of Apocalypse and stuff like that. And uh, I, I remember my set, my third issue was when they were just ramping up and did a whole article on the upcoming Spider-Clone saga. Yeah. And once the Internet hit big and you had sites like Newsarama and comic book resources that were breaking... Uh, stories, quote-unquote, you know, immediately Wizard became kind of irrelevant. And once the speculator boom dropped out, who who really cared about the price guide? Because, let's face it, (laughs) that price guide was overinflated. Oh, Um, yeah. I I was looking through a couple old ones just to see how much the first appearance of Carnage was going for. And at one point, they had that thing at like $85. So what issue again? Uh, the first appearance of Carnage. Oh. So I, you know, the uh, my first reaction to this was, wow, that didn't die sooner. Because you're right, they tried to be Entertainment Mag- Entertainment Weekly or some other magazine like that, and I think they were also trying to be kind of appeal to the Maxim crowd a little bit uh, in, in a weird way. Yeah. In in how they were laid out, but yeah, that's true. I haven't read Wizard since 2002, so that's funny. I really didn't care. The um, the last issue of Wizard I got it has a um, Green Lantern Ryan Reynolds on the cover, and generally I could read Wizard in about 15 minutes. It was so so tiny. However, in this this month's or pick up the last issue if you want, it has a great retrospective of Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends, and interviewed the whole cast, etc. And I was able to. Um, uh, email and f- talk to the guy that's the writer on that, and he's going to try to help get me the cast together for the podcast I've been trying to do for a long time. But it's a good retrospective of the old 80s show. But Wizard generally didn't have much of that in the last few years. Um, it was so thin. Every issue it got thinner and thinner. And Toy Fair, the nice thing about Toy Fair was they would get exclusive deals with uh, Hasbro and stuff like that. That they would only release the pictures of like the upcoming toys with them, and you couldn't find them online unless someone scanned the pictures and put it on their website, which was always a problem. I think this is the exact same problem that newspapers is facing. I mean, the content's getting less, the page count is less, and the information is out on the internet before the time the thing goes to the publisher or the printing press. So, anybody did anybody collect Wizard, or anybody still subscribe to Wizard besides myself? Not at all. No? Well, it's not a victory. What, Kevin? 
I said, no, I didn't care even slightly. Stella, <laughs> when, when you have Newsarama and Comic Book Resources and Comics Continuum and IGN.com and all these places, mm-hmm. I, I didn't see the point. Stella, did you ever read it? No, never got into that. Never got into it? Just you and me, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kevin and Jared, did you ever pick it up back in the 90s at least? No? Very rarely. I mean, yeah. uh, it was overpriced, for one. I wasn't going to pay for it. Uh, oh, yeah, it was I mean, I, I might have picked it up when the first Spider-Man movie came out as kind of a, uh, you know, because I was getting a lot of the uh, magazines and things kind of as souvenirs because we had just waited so long for a Spider-Man yeah. thing. So I was kind of scarfing those, you know, pretty well getting those. But, uh, you know, I, I've, I've got a number of wizards I bought, like when I would see them in the bargain bin for a dollar or whatever, and mm-hmm. I'd say, oh, for shits and grins, this might be fun to read. But, uh, no, it was, I just thought, I just thought it was immature. Uh, you know, I just, mm-hmm. you know, reading, reading some of their responses on their editorial pages and stuff, they just seemed like a bunch of immature kids, and I never did get the thing with the bunny. What was the thing with the bunny? <laughs> I don't well, remember. It, it, it definitely did speak to the image Marvel reader of of the of the nineties when it first came out, and there there definitely was kind of a frat house mentality amongst the um, the editorials and and, and the, the ways the way they answered the questions. The thing is, is that there would be at least two or three articles in there that were quite good. And when it first came out, they had yeah. people like Patrick Daniel O'Neill, who was a longtime comics journalist, contributing stories. And actually, I, I, I was very amused. I was looking through an issue uh, that had Catwoman on the cover with a Jim Ballant boob uh, cover. Uh, Sam, we really did describe that. <laughs> and the article is on the new. Um, the new Catwoman series, and there's a little aside, like a little sidebar story written by Dan DiDio. Hmm. And you would have, early before he really got into the uh, into writing X-Men, Scott Lobdell had a bunch of um, bunch of articles printed in the magazine. So, what they, what the back issues are for me right now are little time capsules because I, I read through them and I remember exactly what the mentality was amongst collectors when that magazine was <laughs> like a, a going concern. So it's kind of fun to go back and read them. Yeah. Uh, I also have to thank Wizard. Uh, back in 2001 and several years since, they actually mentioned the crawl space. Uh, I just put a link in the uh, little, our little chat window. Uh, it has a picture of John Romita Jr. drawn Spider-Man. It says SpiderManCrawlspace.com. Yeah, we know there are a ton of Spider-Man sites out there, but this one's got a good network of contributors who give the dilly on comics, merchandise, even old-school stuff like the Atari 2600 Spider-Man game. And they gave my website address. And I noticed a little uptick in traffic, even back in 2001. Did you pay them for that? I did not. That was a free <laughs> ad. <laughs> That they gave me. So um, I'm sad to see it go. Um, they Remember Mego Spider-Man back in Twisted Toy Fair Theater, Michael? That was fun. Oh, yeah. The Twisted Toy Fair Theater. That, th- just, that thing was awesome. Uh, it's just freaking hilarious. <clears throat> I guess the other question I'll present to the group, how many uh, is this a sign of comics in general? How far away is Amazing Spider-Man from going under? If, I, I don't think it's under. I don't think this is a direct relation because it's like we've said, all the online places like Newsarama and those sites got this exact same news up like a month before Wizard could get to it. It's not the same thing when you get to a comic book. 
Well, you, you've got your um, illegal file downloads. Well, really and truly, I, I, I don't think that illegal file downloads are the, the, the bane of the comic book existence mm-hmm. uh, like they're trying to make it out. A lot of people I know that have downloaded comics illegally uh, end up buying the books that they really like. Walking Dead is a perfect example of that because you couldn't find the back issues when that series first started up, yeah. and there were no trades. So the only way you could get it is to find it through nefarious means. And now that's one of the number one books. So it's kind of apples and oranges to compare ASM to Wizard, because Wizard is a, is a hype magazine uh, that tries to appeal to not only the hardcore collector, but the casual collector as well, and magazines in general are dying. No. Comic books, while sales aren't spectacular, no pun intended, they're still a going concern. There's still something mm-hmm. people are pumping money into, and Disney will continue pumping money into Marvel for comics, uh, at least for later trade sales, to keep that... Uh, imagination factory going right well and not to mention in a more direct comparison whereas i was saying online news sites can get the same news out a month before wizard illegal downloads have to wait until the comic comes out to scan it yeah that's true like they're coming out in advance or anything and by the time that the comic comes out it's obsolete because you've already read it it's it's an after type thing Hmm. okay good discussion on that another bit of spider news it spoiler alert uh, I guess hit, hit stop on your recording if you want. <laughs> but uh, S- uh, Spider-Man has joined yet another team. He's on the new Avengers. He's on the regular Avengers. He's on Diet Avengers. He's <laughs> on uh, Code Red Avengers. He's also <clears throat> now in the Fantastic Four, taking the spot of the Human Torch, who passed away, that we all found out about two days before it was actually published in the comic book. Uh, he's got a nice white suit. Man, he gets a new suit. His closet is overflowing these days with the codpiece suit, the great power suit, etc. So, Jr., we'll start with Stella. We haven't started with Stella. What do you think oh. of what do you think <laughs> of the white spider suit and him joining the Fantastic Four? Okay, well, let me find an image. Oh, interesting. Well, from first <laughs> glance, well, I'm wondering why there's a benzene ring on each of their, uh, you know, on their, well, I guess three benzene rings on their uniform. That's interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, Spider-Man looks kind of like anti-venom. Exactly, yeah. Which is a little disconcerting. I actually didn't know that Johnny Storm had died, so I appreciate being told um, because I'm, I'm just very out of the news lately. Um, he'll, get, he'll get better, but... How, how did he die exactly? I haven't read the issue, but I read the okay. today. <laughs> I saw okay. scans on the internet that showed him being overwhelmed by like a huge horde of gigantic bugs. Oh, well, that's a way to go if <laughs> there were any see, of them. We didn't see the body, though. Wink, wink. Oh. Yeah, he's, he'll probably come back. See, a um, body doesn't matter. That is true. I, this is comics, isn't it? Yes. This is comics. Yes, is. Well, and as we all keep pointing out, it's like 12 issues until Fantastic Four number 600. So how long do you really think the new better. FF is going to go before we go back to the original numbering? They're not going to skip a 600 issue. He'll get better yeah. like Cap. But go ahead, Stella. Uh, no, it's, yeah, he looks like Anti-Venom, which I don't really like. And just this white suit, I don't, it seems just very clean and sanitary. It, it doesn't really <laughs> seem like the type of suit you would want to wear in a battle. It's like Moon Knight without the cape and a yeah. spider. Yeah. 
Um, Jr., do you like the idea of him joining this? Is he, he's on too many teams, wouldn't you think? Well, he is. He is on too many teams. I, I think he needs to uh, cut ties with the Avengers. Uh, that doesn't work anymore. Uh, it, it it worked when Bendis originally started doing it, but then they th- so thoroughly screwed everything up with Secret Invasion and Civil War. Uh, I want him. It doesn't make sense for him to be on any of those teams. Uh, him joining the Fantastic Four is actually perfectly normal. I mean, it's it's he's a logical. I mean, he's a he's a logical person to go to if they're falling short. In fact, I'm surprised they haven't done this before. Um, They certainly have in alternate universes, uh, but uh, they've never done it in the Marvel universe. They've always gone after uh, what? uh, What did they have? Well, I guess they've had several auxiliary members from at times, and uh, never Spider-Man. So, to me, this 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 works. I mean, and it's it's something that Spider-Man might do, you know, to honor Johnny Storm in his own peculiar way. The thing is, though, they're calling them the Future Foundation and the white costumes. Uh, I'm going to have to see how that plays out. That that just seems kind of tacky. I mean, uh, is this going to make you want to pick up the book? I don't think you've. Oh, I'll probably pick up. I'll probably pick it up. I'll probably pick up at least the first couple and see how it goes. I actually highly recommend Jonathan Hickman on Fantastic Four. I I think he does a great job. Um, Bailey, is this a logical progression? I, I think it is. I agree with Jr. I think it is. I mean, Amazing Spider-Man number one. He um, he very he, you know he tries to join the team. I'm just I just want somebody to find a panel, and I'm sure it's out there of Johnny Storm saying Spider-Man will join this team over my dead body. I just <laughs> I, 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 I want <coughs> to see that like <coughs> really bad. I don't know why. Maybe because I'm kind of morbid, but uh, no. I mean, it makes perfect sense, and and it gets Spider-Man out there. You know, we've we've all been c- kind of complaining that Spider-Man's kind of not the flagship character of the um, of the Marvel universe anymore, and putting him on the FF, especially in such a kind of a high-profile story, will certainly get him out there. He's friends with Reed, he's friends with uh, Sue, uh, and, and Ben. I, I perfectly agree with uh, with Jr. that he needs to be off the uh, Avengers, but I'll get more into that in my. Uh, in my part of the review for 653. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I, I probably won't be buying it off the rack, but this definitely seems like a story that I would probably pick up and trade later. Yeah. Kev, what do you think? You like him on this team? Um, I, I agree that it makes perfect sense for him to join the Fantastic Four, but I think it only really works in a vacuum. It does not work in a world where he's already on two Avengers teams, which is one Avengers team too many already. <laughs> um, the thing that really bugs me most about this is the costume, and it's not because the costume looks dumb, which it does. It's just a matter of why exactly to join the Fantastic Four does Spider-Man have to be color-coordinated with the Fantastic Four? (laughs) Does it psych out the bad guys more when Spider-Man is white and black as the rest of the Fantastic Four are? And and how many freaking costumes does he have now? How does this work if he's on a solo adventure and he ends up running into the Fantastic Four when they're doing their thing and they need to join up? Does he say, hey, can you guys handle this for five minutes while I go change? (laughs) Um, I, I don't get it. He's already got like three or four of his own costumes and now he's got to go home and change before he joins up with the Fantastic Four. It, it doesn't make any sense. And also, I think the whole new costumes thing is not a great idea to begin with because when you've got these characters who have a an iconic recognition around the world and you show somebody the Fantastic Four in their blue costumes with a four on it, 
they know who it is, and you can you can screw with that as much as you want, as long as they're still blue and they still have a four on them somewhere. But now we've got completely white and black costumes with no four symbol. You show a picture of these guys to just a random person, they'll probably know who the thing is because he's the thing. But you show them the invisible woman, they see a blonde chick in white and black. You show them Reed Richards, they see, you know, a dude with some skunk stripes in white and black. They don't know who the hell this is. And when you've already got so many Spider-Man variants like Venom and Anti-Venom and all those guys, you show somebody this white and black costume, they figure it's probably somebody else. So they're they're screwing with their iconic brand recognition, which we all know is never going to last. Once eventually you're going to get back to that iconism, especially when a movie comes out. So I'm I'm mostly fine with the concept. I just think the costumes thing is stupid on many levels. Yeah. I I think it's a year at best he'll be there. However, when John Byrne was doing the Fantastic Four, She-Hulk was there for what three four years or something. I think so. Yeah, but She-Hulk doesn't have her own monthly didn't have her own monthly title and wasn't like one of the the pillars of the Marvel universe. And the the FF had a history of when one of the members stepped down of bringing in somebody like that. They brought in Power Man, they brought in um Crystal mm-hmm. and um who else did they bring in a bunch of different characters? Uh the uh, sheet thing. She thing it wasn't Goliath the uh, yeah uh, I remember wasn't Power one, Man on it too Luke Cage yeah I think he was oh. anyway well, I just think it's telling that we're ending Fantastic Four the comic at number five eighty eight yeah and we've got this whole thing going on so I guarantee you this thing is only going to go on long enough that they're going to bring Fantastic Four back with number six hundred and Johnny Storm yeah. is going to come roaring back from the dead. And so it, isn't this a bad timing though? Because it's the 50th anniversary of the team coming up in in July. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they'll bring it back in July. <laughs> well, no, they'll promote this as the big 50th anniversary, and for the 50th anniversary, we're going in a a bold new direction to show that the team's still fresh. And then in a year, mm-hmm. we're going to do the back to basics approach that you <laughs> demanded. I saw someone's Facebook status, maybe it was you, Michael, that said only Marvel can celebrate a 50th anniversary and the next year celebrate a 25th anniversary. Yes, yeah, a, a 70th and then, yeah. 70th and then a 50th. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Anyway, uh, moving on to some reviews. We've got uh, three books this month, making up for the lack of last month. We only had one. Uh, this one... Uh, Amazing 651, written by Mr. Dan Slott and penciled by Humberto Ramos. Wrapping up this, uh, what's the storyline called? I guess the New Hobgoblin. New Hobgoblin arc, anyway. Uh, I think it was actually called Big Time, possibly. Well, the next issue has Big Time on it, too, so I think that, I don't know. Anyway, uh, Stella, what'd you think of this one? Um, well, I thought that the, the last scene, uh, was especially nice. Uh, it was great to see, uh, Peter and his friends happy, which doesn't happen too often. Um, I thought that the whole situation, um, was a complete reversal and, uh, that seems to have happened rather quickly. Uh, just the fact that he has a job now and it comes off of this terrible luck that he had for the past few years and no job and a bad reputation. Uh, so, I don't know. Now, all of a sudden, he has this wonderful job and, and he has, you know, enough money to buy his parents some 
some food to eat. So it, it's just very interesting. And then, you know, I can't decide if the empty word balloons are annoying or a smart idea. I kind of went back and forth. I went the um, annoying route. <laughs> when did I you go the mine. annoying route? Yeah, I just didn't like it at all. Okay. Um, as for my con, uh, I, I felt like nothing really seemed to have happened this issue. I mean, it seems like they spent 22 pages or however long this was uh, destroying a building, getting rid of Montana, and then, um, I guess, revealing Hobgoblin and, and having him be uh, Kingpin's right-hand man. But it seems like entirely too long was spent on... Uh, the the building falling down. I, that yeah. could just be me. But I, I give this a B. Do you have the book in front of you by chance? I do not. The, um, well, maybe if anybody has the book in front of them, please explain to me, what is the little green donut on the back of the Hobgoblin's head? If you look at the very first or the second page, he's got a donut over his uh, head, and in the next page, he's got a donut in the side of his head. What is that thing? Does anybody know? I don't know. I have the book sealed up in plastic somewhere, and I didn't notice that at all. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking at it right it, now. It really looks like someone, th- like the kingpin, threw a donut at his head. I, I just <laughs> no, the so, it's, his it's, it's not in that second panel. It's not in the panel at the bottom of of, of page two. It's on the top of page one, uh, page three. Oh, it's his sword. Oh, is that the That's handle the for the sword? sword. Okay. Oh, I had no That idea. makes more sense to me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird, dude. That I just would have not drawn that. Anyway, when I read that, I was so distracted by the donut, I didn't know what to think. <laughs> anyway, Stella gave it a B. Uh, JR, were you distracted like of the donut like I was? Uh, no, it's been a long time since I've uh, felt like Homer Simpson, so I wasn't distracted <laughs> by the donut. Um, mm, I really didn't like this at all because I, I, I thought the superhero action was okay, but so much else in the background just I thought was just awful. Felicia abandoning Spider-Man again, mm-hmm. you know, just, oh, by the way, you're on your own, I'm going to go steal something. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about what they've done to her character, how they've eviscerated it. This is just ridiculous. And then she gets on the, you know, on the squ- squealer and, and squeals for help when the kingpin's about to, you know, rip her apart like a wishbone. Um, <laughs> so I really, really hated that. You know, and then you know, Sp- Spider-Man, you know, thinking, eh, one of these days, Fisk, you're going to get yours. Well, it's like, well, you know, Spidey, didn't you give him his exactly s- some time ago? I mean, <laughs> have both of you forgotten when you, you literally when you kicked his ass from here to the, you know here to the next county? Um, so it just and you know, Aunt May, you know, she's just so prideful in him saying that he's going to work tomorrow, as is he, as if he's been this long time loser. You know, I mean, I'm I'm just really sick of that. You know, that that's why I was that's why I was glad Aunt May found out. You know, for one. is this the first time Spidey and Kingpin have met up since that uh, JMS story, Civil War? Well, well, I think they, it is. That, I'm not sure. They met after one moment in. I mean, during the one moment in time, theoret. Well, they didn't meet, but then theoretically, Kingpin miraculously recovered from his beating and ordered the hit on uh, the Watson family. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in, in current that, continuity, yeah, it's right. the first time well, since. Uh, I didn't read it, but I, from all these events, I imagine they may have met in Shadowland. Uh, I read it, and I don't really remember a f- head-to-head. Okay. It just seems so, all this Kingpin stuff is very rooted in Shadowland, and I know Spider-Man was in there somewhere. He, very, I didn't read it. Very, so. uh, not very much. 
One, one of the positives, though, I will say, you know, uh, uh, positive is that uh, finally Carly acts looks like a woman. You know, I mean, <laughs> in in the last page, she's sitting there and she's got nice long, pretty hair, you know, and yeah. and no, she doesn't look like a boy. She doesn't look like she's in a minstrel show. She doesn't look like she's a brain donkey. She doesn't have ears that stick out like Willie Lumpkins. Yeah, you know, she looks like a pretty girl. Um, you know, so it's 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 about time. Uh, but uh, really, overall, I give this a C minus. I'm just uh, and and really. In the next couple of issues, I, I'm just I'm I'm okay with the central action, but the stuff that's going on in the background is just very disappointing this month. The blank word balloons annoy you, or did you think they were clever? I didn't think one way or the other. I yeah. mean, they were there. You know, they were there, and they were meant to illustrate that the noise was so loud, neither one of them could hear each other talk. You know, that was that was of uh, little concern to me. Okay, yeah. uh, Kev, what do you think? Well, uh, the like I wrote down actually was the, the style of the one-sided banter and the Spidey Goblin fight with the blank word balloons. I thought that was, it was clever and entertaining, and it kind of showed you what was going on, because Spider-Man's got this suit that blocks out all the sound so he can't hear the Hobgoblin, and Hobgoblin can't hear him because his suit is inhibiting his voice. Uh, so, and especially, you know, Spidey banter is kind of what he does, so him having to do it one-sided without the other guy even hearing him was kind of amusing. Um, dislike, though, I felt like a lot of death and destruction were kind of covering for a too-thin story here. Mm. We had, you know, the death of Montana, we had the destruction of this whole building, and it was, we were trying to focus on that, but if that didn't distract you, you might have noticed there wasn't much of an ending to the story. No. If at all. Like, the the new Hobgoblin, I realized we weren't just going to send him to prison or kill him or something, but I felt like the character didn't even really have a coda for this arc. It just kind of stopped. I was very surprised when I got to the backup and there was no more story. So, this one overall just wasn't as enjoyable as the last couple. I give it a C. Okay. Before Michael, before I hit you, I wanted to ask, I forgot one thing about JR. History of Montana. Is this the original Ditko Montana? As far as I know, yeah. Well, we just killed a Ditko villain in this one. Ah, uh, he's not dead. He's not he's, dead? Nah, he's going to get better. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Is Roderick Kingsley dead, too? We don't know that. He depends on who, depends on if anybody wants to write him again. They actually talk about that in letter pages, too, I notice. Uh, etc. Okay, Bailey, what's your thoughts on this one? Um, surprisingly, I, well, not so surprisingly, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really with JR on a lot of points. With this issue, uh, my pros are, except for the Kingpin's tiny head, I liked the art <laughs> still. Uh, that first shot of the Kingpin where he, you know, he, it, uh, he looks like he, you know, he's going to say, fee fi full fum um, <laughs> I, I thought this was a very satisfying conclusion to the story, especially if the black cat's gone from this title for like a really long freaking time. Um, because I really haven't liked her since they brought her back in Brand New Day. Uh, so to see her gone would make me happy, w- would make me very, very happy. And I have to say, uh, on a lot of levels, I liked the half-filuric, half-hobgoblin face uh, towards the end of the issue where he's pulling 
like they used to do with uh, Peter back in the early uh, Lee Ditko days of at the end of the issue, you know, Peter's like, you, you know, if something's going right, it's like everything's going right. Aunt May's doing this and Betty's doing that, blah, blah, blah. You know, everything's going on the right track. And here we have that. And I especially liked Phil going, you know, Uncle Ben is proud of me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is actually a really clever way to bring these two characters, you know, like Spider-Man and the New Hobgoblin as arch enemies because they have that kind of thing in common. Um, my cause, the first one was I hate the one-day kingpin because everyone's brought the kingpin down. Daredevil's done it like 16 times, <laughs> you know, and, and Spider-Man beat the piss out of him back during uh, Back in Black. So this isn't a really big surprise, and I'm kind of getting sick of writers doing that. Because uh, it, it's just it's it's just hackneyed and played out at this point, and that ending just laid it on so freaking thick that yeah. Aunt May is proud of Peter, and it's just like yeah he hasn't done anything for her to be proud of in the entire history of the character. <laughs> he's never graduated from high school. He's never gone on to college and graduated from there. You know, sure he dropped out of grad school, but you know what? <laughs> Her 16-year-old nephew was the breadwinner for the family for years after her husband died. That alone should make her go, you know, Peter's got a pretty good head on his shoulders. And the fact that they keep forgetting that, and I'm especially going to get into that in the next issue we talk about, I'm sick of the selective continuity that Slot is playing with, and it just bothers the piss out of me. He he picks and chooses, you mean? Yeah, he, he yeah. picks and chooses. Uh, having said all that, I've got to give this uh, a B minus because I really did like this story. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, I'm gonna get, uh, give it a B also. And Bailey zoomed in on the part that just inched the uh, book up a bit for me with the the Uncle Ben and the quote all these responsibilities but with them comes everything I've ever wanted and power so much power ha 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 and I like the sarcastic nature he's he uh, of the hobgoblin I I I don't know why they had to make it uh, Phil Urich I guess to use the Uncle Ben line etc but I like him as kind of a smart ass he's he's kind of funny he's he's Talking to the kingpin like he's either Jabba the Hutt or the Emperor in the several scenes. Oh, mighty lord and master, I bring thee tidings. I just thought that was kind of funny. Um, the kingpin not uh, reference the the epic kingpin Spider-Man fight from Civil War not being referenced. I think needed to be, uh, especially if this was the first time they've met up, or maybe they don't remember, etc. The um, the black cat, like Jr. said. Her going off again and then needing help has been played out before. I didn't really care for that. But uh, B overall, I thought it was an okay issue, and I'm actually liking the art. I never thought I'd say that, but I like the art on that one. 652, big time. We've got a new art team. We're going to go with, um, what is this, the Revenge of the Spider Slayers? What's this one called? Um Anybody got the title in front of them? Ah, the Re- exactly. It's like the Re- Army, isn't it? Revenge of the Spider Slayer Part One: Army of Insects. Uh, Caselli is the. Uh, did did we want to talk about the backup? Yeah, you can if you want. The feel free to put those in your reviews if you want. The um, when we talk about them, it's uh, the Scorpion getting his suit back. Let's go around the horn real quick. Anybody like it? Anybody hate it? Yeah, it was fun. I thought I it was it. okay. 
Well, it actually reminded me of issue number one right yeah. after the reboot, where Scorpion, which if you remember that backup story, it was Scorpion <laughs> being jazzed up with a new suit and you working know. at Tricorp. Yeah, you know, so it's like you know, boy, this seems familiar. You know, dumb. Uh, Caselli worked with Slot back on the Avengers Initiative title, so these two have been together. Uh, anybody want to go first? Who haven't I picked first? I'll take it if nobody right. else hit wants it, it. Hit it, Kev. Um, I I like this issue. I thought their Caselli's art was great. Uh, the coloring was great too. I noticed specifically very good colors on this issue. Um, particularly MJ's hair. For some reason, I really liked MJ's hair. <laughs> but, I liked um, it too, but for different reasons. <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's creepy, um, and I I thought. Maybe for the first time I saw actual chemistry between Peter and Carly in this issue, which is, you know, a gigantic step in the right direction if they're actually going to want these two to be together for a while. Um, and it was just, it was a good time again, which I had said for the first couple <laughs> issues and didn't feel like the last one was, but this one feel, felt like a return to <coughs> the, uh, my really only major dislike for this was MJ acting so weird. Uh, she was acting very not MJ for a while there with the whole, you know, she's, she was trying to get, well, first couple issues ago, she's trying to get Peter and Carly together, then she's okay with it, now she's all jealous, and it's just, I don't think he even has a handle on what he wants the characterization to be for her at this point. So that was, that annoyed me, but it was only a few pages. Overall, I give this one a B plus, but, uh, as for the backup, that was insanely annoying. I never want to see this new Power Man again. <laughs> They're pushing as many series. If I remember correctly, didn't they? I, I think they are reprinting this stuff because it was online exclusives to Marvel uh, Digital. I think this stuff is all meant to sell digital subscriptions, so he's plugged in the back of this book. Because I think it hit several weeks before this issue. I could be wrong, but I think that's what they're doing. Gotta love that you get it for free on the internet. <laughs> pay a buck for it in print. No, no, you're getting it. You have to pay for your digital subscription for that stuff. True, but aren't these like free exclusives once you've paid for your subscription? Right, right. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, what was your grade again? Uh, B plus. B plus. Jr. Are we getting better or worse with this issue? Uh, we're not getting any better. Uh, I think <laughs> I gave it a marginally better grade. I think I gave it a C. But uh, I, I, again, you know, w- w- what is this with the awkward Carly MJ moments? You know, Carly winds up in MJ's lap. You know, after roller, you know, after a roller derby accident. You know. Uh, what's the point? You know, I mean, it's a very awkward moment that serves absolutely no purpose. You know, and then Mary Jane's sitting there, oh, Peter is so happy, he's so happy, you know, yeah, and then, but I'm miserable! You know, it's it's almost like, um, I don't know if any of you remember Twister. uh, Yeah. With Helen Helen Hunt and... um, Saw it uh, on opening night. Yeah. Back in 90... Six, maybe? (laughs) But, But there's a scene in there where Helen Hunt is with her, her aunt, Mm-hmm. And uh, they're talking about Bill Paxton's character, who she was married to, and the aunt says he didn't do his part. And she goes, "What do you mean he didn't do his part? Well, to be to pine and be alone and be miserable without you." Um, <laughs> and that's kind of what this 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 scene reminded me of. And 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 I, and I agree. I I don't quite think that's I don't know if that's spot on characterization or not. Um, and, and then here's another thing that's really begun to bother me about Marvel: spaceships taking off. In New York and New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Now I know that it's always happened. It's been it was done in you know in Spider-Man number one, 
But back then, we weren't sending, we were just starting to send people into space. Now, we, you know, the reason we launched from Florida for, you know, for one is because the way the Earth's movement is, uh, Florida is closer to the equator. That's why we also have bases in Houston. That's why we also launch satellites on California. We don't launch stuff into space from the Northeast, you know, and <laughs> I didn't I, you think know, of that. New York, you don't have any space launches in New York, do we? You know, and and do wow. you, and I mean, I, I I mean, I know this is a superhero comic. You know, I mean, I know what yeah. I mean. We accept we accept big green monsters, guys who crawl on walls, guys who stretch like rubber bands, and we accept that. But it's the thing is, I don't like the real science being tossed aside either. You know, like like the like the magic brick of death. You know uh, <laughs> that we had, um, and you know, and the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, you know, I mean, even though those are fantastic, when you see people going over a huge waterfall, they're going to die. I mean, people. <laughs> you know, it, it's like, you know, okay, fine. I'll believe. I may believe him being able to survive in a refrigerator. So you know, <laughs> but no, falling off the waterfall. No, because we we we've seen that happen. We know that people die. So anyway, this might just be me. Um, I did like the, I, I I did like uh, Jonah's um, bodyguards uh, using the code name Brush Top. Yeah, that was and, cute. And you don't want to know the others that were considered. You know, <laughs> and, and Glory says, and don't tell him either. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I thought that was. I mean, there's so much to be done with Jonah as mayor, and they really haven't quite haven't really quite started using it right yet. It's there, it's in the background, but it's really not being used like it should. Um, very. And, and then since when did Spider-Man almost become Carly's best friend? Mm -hmm. I mean, have they interacted much at all? Hmm. You know, other than the one scene where Spider-Man, you know, during Shed, you know, it's like, what happened to her? Oh, you don't want to know. Um, that was so a big I, bonding time, evidently. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, uh, oh, um, let's see, I have to uh, say one thing here in the backup story, only for Mr. Bailey, because being the big DC fan, <laughs> Mr. Bailey, they referenced a character called the Deadly Nightshade. Do you remember the Flash TV show from the oh, 1990s? Yes. There was a, a, a old character from I bought World War II or the 50s called the Deadly Nightshade. So. Well, he was the Nightshade. Uh, played played by Jason Bernard. It's, uh, those oh, okay. are two of my favorite episodes. And he was kind of a um, like sh uh, shadow Green Hornet type character. And then uh, they brought him back for a second episode where somebody inspired by him created an exosuit. He became the Deadly Nightshade. Oh, uh, but I love those episodes of that. Show. I love that series. Period. But. But but overall, this was a pretty mediocre issue, and I give it a C. Did you appreciate the Andrew as of Ross Andrew Air Force? Well, Base? I got the I got the joke. It was nice. I thought that nice, was cute. a nice homage. Yeah. And there was something else in here that oh, it was is it the back of this one or is it the next one? Is this still Power Man? Oh, they're it's both an, power. This one and the next one are both. Oh, power it's, Man. it's the next one. There's a Ditko dig at the end of the next issue. We'll get to that in a second. Um, Kevin, what do you think of this one? I've already done it. I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who haven't we heard from? I'm getting distracted. That'd be again. me. Stella, Stella yeah. Bailey, right? Yeah. All right, Stella, go ahead first. Okay, think? my pro, I, I would say the art. I actually rather enjoyed it. 
Um, I liked seeing a different side of Carly's life, i.e. the um, the roller derby, which is pretty tough because I've tried roller derby. Um, <clears throat> Do you have? And pictures? I actually, I'm sorry. Are there pictures? No. Oh, I want to see you in the roller derby gear. That'd, That'd be awesome. Hilarious. <laughs> You'd be badass. Yeah. Um, and Peter smacking into the door. I just thought that was kind of funny. I would have thought that maybe his spider sense would have gone off, but it just kind of, I just thought it was kind of a dumb, funny moment that happened. Um, the con, the costumes of the bad guys and just the, the, the name insect army, I thought was pure ridiculous. Um, (laughs) I feel like, and this is kind of my con for the next issue, but it just seems like Marvel is really changing uh, status quo, like the status quos of several uh, different aspects. You know, changing the way that Scorpion looked and then just character histories um, is kind of a a little annoying. But I actually really enjoyed this issue. I thought uh, it held my interest and was fun, so I would give it an A. Okay. Uh, Mr. Bailey, what do you think, sir? Um... I thought it was a, a solid plot. I, I liked the action part of it, uh, and I like the fact that they brought the scorpion back. I, for some reason, I really liked the scorpion. I don't know why. I think he's an interesting uh, character visually. And uh, this redesign is much better than John Byrne's redesign Yeah. Uh, from 98, 99. And it felt like a Spider-Man story. It, it, it felt, you know, unlike, you know, the last one did as well, but the inclusion of the uh, of the black cat kind of muddied the waters. For this one, he was pretty much on his own, and you get to see him hanging out with his friends and stuff. Uh, and the characterization was pretty good, except for one staggering exception, which brings me to my con and the batshit Mary Jane. Um, <laughs> lady, weren't you the one? Wasn't it your idea to break up with this guy in the first place? I mean, didn't we do a, like a huge story? Where you were like, I can't take this anymore. And, and if she had thought that, if she was like, man, maybe I made a mistake. But it seems like Slot's just glossing over it for this new characterization of Mary Jane. And if they want people to follow these stories on a continuous basis, which I, I think is like the point of a periodical, you know, you should have some consistency with the character, and here we're not getting that with Mary Jane. We're getting the the awkward CW type drama um, <laughs> for the sake of drama, and and the whole Carly Cooper going, well, maybe we should set her up with with Spider Man. It's just like, oh God, I just heard Bertoni in my head going, but but Peter Spider Man, they can't <laughs> go on a double date. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> a lot of ASM classics running through my head when I'm That's reading this awesome. issue. Um, <laughs> It'll be about I, 50 years before they get to this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I both liked the reference that, hey, you know, I, I pulled John Jameson's butt out of the fire in one of my first adventures. But again, we're going back to the same freaking wells over and over and over again yeah. with him on top of a space shuttle trying to save John Jameson. And it, and it's, and, it, and to me, it's like Slot can't come up with his own plots. He has to just show off that he's read Essential Spider-Man Volume 1, you yeah. know, a couple and of times. John, and the John Byrne stuff. Yeah. Um, I like the art in this. I really did. I just think the eyes on Spider-Man are a bit too small. That's my only nitpick art-wise. You know, I I like a big-eyed Spider-Man. I like it when they narrow when he's 
like squinting or something because I think that's a neat little artistic trick. Mm-hmm. But when they're consistently small, they they kind of bug me. The um, ha ha. Eh, no, yeah, no, <laughs> uh, um, I didn't mind the backup. Uh, this time out, I found it kind of entertaining, uh, not not to my liking. And and I have one comment. Um, that no one will probably agree with me on, but there's an ad in here for the uh, Captain America War and Re- Remembrance trade yeah. by Roger Stern and John Byrne, which I can't recommend highly enough. And we got an, another ad for the, the Captain America Bloodstone yeah. uh, hunt uh, trade paperback. And they've, they've put Cap Wolf into a trade. <laughs> they have Fighting Chance Volumes 1 and 2. We're getting all these Captain America trades. Where in the hell is the John Walker as Captain America omnibus? That needs mm. to be out there. 330, so, and then 330-ish or something on? 330 to 331 mm. to 350. That's good stuff. <sighs> I so would I'm like just, the I would like the Mike Zek omnibus. I've never read that. Want to? Man, the Zek stuff is awesome. I know it, it is. Really I, keep, is. I keep wanting to pick it up, and I it's on my to do list. Um, we got everybody. Okay, oh, um, I'll, I'll give this one a B minus. <clears throat> okay, I think we've got it hit up everybody. I get distracted. Who's who's talked? Who's hasn't? Yeah, we're good. The plagues <laughs> of the host. Um, I'm gonna give this one a B minus. I enjoyed the next issue just a smidge more. Uh, I liked the, I, I, I disagree with the Mary Jane thing. I actually enjoy that she's a little jealous. I think it's in her character to be jealous. It's not in her character to say, oh, go on, you're better without me. I don't want kids, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's so in her character. I think her being jealous of him with another girl is more Mary Jane-ish. Well, I don't think we're de- we're debating exactly what you're saying. I think our problem is it's completely inconsistent with the characterization they've been giving and the story they've been telling. For the when we had multiple writers, right? I mean, we've got one solid uh, we got one writer going from now on, so this is his view, I think. But does he get to chuck out everything that happened right before he got there? Well, if it's shit, I would hope. <laughs> but I don't know. I I just, for the first time, I'm like, you know what? That's a little bit of Mary Jane that I recognize because I haven't recognized her in a long time. Sleeping, See, it's, sleeping it's, with Bobby Carr, that's not the Mary yeah. Jane I know. Mary Jane saying, I'm not strong enough to be with you, blah, blah, blah. That's not the See, I still think there was a way to do this, and this just wasn't it. I mean, Mary Jane saying, oh, he found, he's got the girl and the superhero life and all the stuff, and he's happy, and it just wasn't with me. It's like, you look at all these years, yeah, he was happy with you, bitch. What the hell? <laughs> uh, it's more force-fed Carly that we really don't care about. At least she has... Something that she can do in her off time instead of bitch and moan at Peter, she can be a roller girl, I guess. That's kind of funny. Uh, like, like roller girl from Boogie Nights? That would be Boogie awesome. Nights. Um, <laughs> I, I just noticed this because we were talking about donuts. I, I'm putting a theme to these reviews. If you look under the credit for Stephen Wacker, it says Donut Slayer in this issue. I thought that was very funny. I just noticed it now. And I'm glad that we have these debates because, Jr. I would have never even thought about a space launch in New Jersey. <laughs> I would have never even thought how awkward that is. But there's guys in bug suits, so that kind of distracted me. Um, I, I kind of like the homage. You and your fetishes. I know. <laughs> I kind of like the uh, homage to Spider-Man 1, even though the space shuttle is coming to an end. 
the space shuttle launches are kind of coming down. Uh, the, the, the con I would say is Spider-Man takes multiple shots to the face with a fist. I'm glad I put fist there. Um, but he can't survive running into a door that says WAP. So he has to have tissues stuck up his nose and a bandage on his nose. I know Stella liked it, but I thought he could survive a shot to the door. I mean, I just don't think he would be in severe pain the next day or whatever. Uh, B minus out of me for that one. 653. Uh, it's got the new Avengers on the title, on the cover. Same creative team, part two well, of story. It's important to note, though, that this issue was only plotted by Dan Slott. It was scripted by Fred Van Linty. Ah, from the Power Man backup story, which, did anybody like that one? Power Man still sucks, and I want my dollar back. Last time we saw the looter, JR, do you remember? Was it ASM, what, 36? No, 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 no. He's, he's been, he's been knocked around a few times. Uh, he, uh, I think he showed up during, um, the gauntlet, I think is, uh, really? You know, yeah, I think, I mean, just, Maybe just to get back. his ass kicked. You know, I think when the, uh, um, you know, when they were looking for the Osborne baby or whatever, and, you know, he the had a couple was, issues when, uh, yeah. Todd DeZago was doing the Ben Rowley Spider Man. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's kind of been in the background. If they need a, if they need a villain to to look stupid, they they bring him in. So yeah, that's true. I I just don't remember him that well. <laughs> um, let's see, Jr. Let's hit you up. What'd you think of this one? Well, I liked it a little bit better overall. I gave it a B minus because um, I liked um, yeah. I don't know. I like the conversation with Squirrel Girl. I I just thought that is just I did typical. Too. I just thought that is just typical Spider-Man. He's calling the Avengers for help, and, you know, he's he's on the back of a rocket, and, you know, he's screaming and hollering, and she's telling him to use his inside voice. I just thought, I, I just thought that was hilarious. And, uh, Dr. <laughs> and Dr. Octopus, he has such a dry sense of humor sometimes. He's so, I, I don't even know if he realizes he's being funny, but when he calculates that Smythe has an 88.7% probability of being adopted, because he's not the plotter his dad was. I, I thought that was funny. Um, what is Doc Ock doing in the book? I don't really get that part. Well, he's got some, he's master planning something. I, I know. It's like in three pages, or three panels. I'm like, I don't he's know a, where. There's Doc Ock. He's, he's master planning. I mean, you know, he's he's trying to find a way to grow his hair back, for one. Uh, <laughs> uh, but... Uh, but you know, uh, well, I gave it a B minus. The fights and things again, like I said, the fight I kind of enjoyed the superhero action. I love the reference. I love the references to Amazing Spider-Man one and five, um, and uh, but I, and I think Bailey's going to hit on this more than I will. So I'll just say I have mixed feelings about him being able to call the new Avengers in on a whim. Uh, but I won't go any further than that. Uh, the one question I have. Um, in the backup story, which makes no sense to me, it made no sense ultimately. Uh, and um, I do want to—I I have to ask when, at the at the end when they that thing bust out of the meteor. It looks so familiar, but I can't place it. So I don't know if anybody it was in a deleted scene of Goonies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no one got that joke. I did the octopus. Yeah, the that, octopus. that they cut out of the movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, B, B minus. Oh, I thought it was Cthulhu. Cthulhu, you know, from Cthulhu uh, from yes. Lovecraft. Yes. Yeah, I was actually thinking the same thing. Very Cthulhu esque. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> that almost sounds like somebody got their tongue. You know, that someone's tongue is numb. You know, about Cthulhu. Cthulhu. What did you, did you think? see Hellboy? All those big tentacle monsters at the end were pretty much Cthulhu. 
JR, what'd you think of the Ditko knock? I didn't get it. I didn't get it either, but it, it was an Ann Rand. Spider-Man yeah, I know, I know it was a slam, but it was like, where was the obscure uh, Rand reference? And uh, I missed that. He, he uh, very last panel, it says, on your feet, looter, we're going to stuff you back in this Atlas Shrugged, uh, in Atlas Shrugged, where you belong with obscure Ann Rand references. I don't know what that means, but it was a, a Ditko reference. It seemed to me to suggest that the looter himself is some kind of an obscure Anne Rand reference, but I've not read her books, so I wouldn't me know. Me neither. But anyway. Uh, great JR again? Uh, I gave it a B minus. Okay. Uh, Stella, what do you think? Oh, hello. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, hello. My pro would be, is this any shock, Iron Fist. Oh, there you He's go. There. Yeah, so the Avengers and Iron Fist show up, and I'm I thought of you when I, when he was in there. I, I, I was like, Stella's going to love that. Yes. I'm interested to see what Michael Bailey has to say about this. But I did kind of like that they were there, and we, we got to see um, different characters in there. Uh, as for the con, I thought that the transitions were really choppy, and uh, it really seemed to be hopping around, like, really quickly. Um, and then... Yeah, I already talked about the character redesigns, like uh, Scorpion and everything. Uh, I didn't think this was as good as the last one. I give it an A minus, but it was great to see Iron Fist there. Okay, he's in a the wrong colored suit. If you notice that, oh, he, yeah. he's he's been in the white suit for all of New Avengers and this new miniseries, and now he's oh, in yellow, yellow and green. Oh, I just noticed that. But when he showed up, I'm like, oh, Stella's gonna love that. I guarantee she's gonna reference it. <laughs> And you did. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you, are you going to pick up Power Man and Iron Fist the mini? Uh, no, because I took one look at like the number one cover, and I'm like, no, there's no way. <laughs> even if didn't it look really? It looked like child's art. Yeah, I, I'm a Marvel zombie, and even I didn't pick up that mini series. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Kev, you liking it? You hating it? Are you? I'm liking it. You're liking it. All right. I think there was uh, a lot of the issue was taken up with the battle stuff, and I thought it was extremely well done. Uh, battle scenes utilizing Spider-Man and all the new Avengers really well. Everybody had something to do. Everybody was, was used. Everybody had a point. Um, and really, even if you don't like Spider-Man being on Avengers teams, I think Spider-Man knows everybody, so even if he wasn't on the team, if he needs backup, he's going to get backup. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, yeah, I'm completely fine with that, and I thought it was well done. And again, the art was great. And I can almost see why these issues might have been delayed because he had so many people to draw on most of these pages, yeah. and he did such a damn good job with it. Um, so I really enjoyed it. My only dislike would be there were a few very cliche lines stuck out at me, but nothing major. So overall, I give it an A, which, of course, does not include the backup piece of crap. Um, <laughs> but I do appreciate them putting in this... Uh, you know, two-issue backup warning to me in case I was thinking about buying the Power Man and Iron Fist <laughs> miniseries. I, I've, I've now been warned. I know I should not do that. <laughs> uh, even Spider-Man wants no part of it. <laughs> he is offended by the new uh, Power Man. Uh, of the three regular artists, Kev, Caselli, Martin, and uh, Ramos, who's your favorite? I think Caselli easily at really? this point. Ramos has, has stepped up his game a lot, and I'm, I'm, I enjoyed the art he had on the last couple issues, but I still wouldn't, you know, I still wouldn't call it really beautiful art to look at. It was, it told the story, it was decent, it looked fine. 
which to me is a huge improvement over usual Ramos art. But uh, Caselli's art is beautiful. It tells the story well. I love looking at it. Martin, I I know everybody's a big fan of. I'm really not. Um, I've said before I liked his older stuff better. Now it seems like he's trying. People keep comparing him to Ditko, and he's hearing that. And he's yeah. trying so hard to do that and be experimental and all this stuff that I can't even follow half of his page layouts anymore. Okay. Hmm. Mr. Bailey, what's your grade? What do you like and hate? Uh, I, 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 I'm with Kev. I, I really like the art. Um, everyone looked good. Uh, it, the storytelling was very clear. Uh, the character expressions uh, were, were dead on. Um I was both amused and annoyed by the Squirrel Girl thing. I, I, I thought it was very funny, but at the same time, it's like, good God, he's he's on top of a rocket. Give him some, give him some slack. Um, and I thought the action was fantastic. You know, everyone joining into the fight, and I love the line, uh, "What's the plan, Luke?" I was thinking something along the lines of hitting him repeatedly in the face till they stopped getting up. Uh, <laughs> I, I that is very much Luke Cage, and it's why yeah. I kind of liked it. Um, cons, um, oh, can someone explain the hot rocks thing to me? Is that supposed to be funnier than it is, or is it just? I think it's a girl, uh, Stella. That's a woman thing. Us guys don't do hot rocks in the spa. Have you ever done that? Hot rock? Uh, oh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think um, either they. It's like a steam bath made of hot rocks, I think, is what it yeah, is. They yeah, it they put it in the water, rocks. they pour water on it, and then it makes steam, and I think it's supposed to... to it was uh, the first steam. season episode of uh, Smallville had that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, with the guy rocks. from uh, Wonder Years. Yes. The crazy oh, yeah. Show. Damn, that nice. was a bad one. Oh. Um, cons. In a Spider-Man comic, I want Spider-Man to get himself out of the situation. I I appreciate the fact that he can call the Avengers and soon to be Fantastic Four. Uh, And and that's cool, and it's okay, and and it's neat, but this is the second storyline where the Avengers have gotten involved in some way. And in Amazing Spider-Man, I want to see Spider-Man get himself out. The, the, The reason why the original scene where he bails Jameson out is because he had to figure out how to do it. And basically now we have a deus ex machina, quote unquote, uh, where anytime Spider-Man's in trouble, he can just call up the Avengers and they'll come and help him. Uh, it made sense in terms of the story because there was more going on that he could handle, but specifically getting out of the fight with the Scorpion, I would have liked to have seen him figure that out and not have to be bailed out by the incredibly hot Ms. Marvel. Um, <laughs> the cliffhanger at the end of the, the first story is either going to be really, really good or really, really cliched. Either he's going to, either it's going to, yeah. going to go down one of three ways, I think. Either it's going to get distracted and not talked about. There's going to be some kind of Silver Age Superman uh, explanation where the guy's like, oh, that's why, blah, blah, blah. Or the guy's going to figure out he's Spider-Man and Peter's going to get fired. I could be wrong, <laughs> but those are the three ways that I'm kind of... Uh, going in my head and if that if the third one happens i'm going to be really pissed because slot spent a lot of time setting up these characters and it would be a shame to just throw them away right away Uh, setting up the psychic blind spot that should prevent that from ever happening exactly um as for the backup 
I really kind of liked the art, especially that splash page. Spider-Man looks really yeah. awesome coming through the skylight. Uh, I just wondered, did Fred Van Lente just watch National Treasure, <laughs> the sequel, when coming up with it? Okay, so let me get this straight. Um, ben Franklin and George Washington all buried something in New York City, and Abraham Lincoln, which had jack all, to quote Kevin Cushing, uh, anything in, in, in the first part that, you know, was was asking too many questions, so they so they had another Mason, John Wilkes Booth, kill him. <laughs> okay, is this an actual conspiracy theory or is this BS made up conspiracy theory? Because because either one really works. I mean, I could see a blog out there, you know, from some <laughs> nut job who thinks that the moon landing was faked and all that would think, well, yeah, he was killed because he was asking too many questions about the alien meteor and that what the fuck is going on here? Um, That's a lot of stuff to put in like five, six pages of a backup. I I mean, I appreciate that it's a backup (laughs) story and there was a lot of stuff. And I do like the fact that power man wins the day, but with the American flag that, that made me smile. Uh, but what was really the point of this whole exercise outside of to push the Power Man and Iron Fist? No, nothing. Mini, uh, limited series, because it's Marvel and it's a limited series, not a mini series. Um, I mean, it, it just, it, at least it was entertaining, but at the same time, it was completely irrelevant to what was going on. Well, uh, we've, we've hit this up uh, in the past, but do you wish that for $3.99 we get a whole story? Or do you like these backups for an extra buck? Well, isn't it going down to two ninety nine in a couple months anyways? Oh, is it? Because of that whole push that they're making to, <clears throat> you know, okay, DC, I'll see you cutting out two pages and uh, and making your books. I don't know if Amazing is going down in price. I think the, well, mini, the new miniseries are supposed to be two ninety nine. I thought it was established books are going down, new series are going to still be three ninety nine. I thought it was the reverse. Okay, it might be, and I they're going to launch new series at two ninety nine, but things that they've already established, and things with quote unquote extra content, like all these backup stories and the extra length features they keep pushing, would still be three ninety nine. Right. Well, do you guys like like the extra bucks for the Avengers books? No, I mean, do you do you want this backup or you want to cut it? Cut it. Cut it. Yeah, there's no point to it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's nice to have if I'm going to pay four bucks, but at the same time, I, I'd rather just not have it at all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think my, my first choice would be pay two ninety nine and not get the backup. My second choice would be pay three ninety nine and not get the backup. <laughs> and my third choice would be pay three ninety nine and get the freaking backup. <laughs> I love Kevin. Um, <laughs> uh, I think Mr. Bailey and I were separated at birth because for the last two times he's taken my favorite part of the issues. The, the Uncle Ben hobgoblin thing was almost verbatim what I was going to say, and also oh what what else the um, oh crap you just said it um, was it Squirrel Girl? No, you didn't like Squirrel Girl. Oh no, the the part where in a Spider-Man book I want Spider-Man to get out of the problem, not a team-up book. Uh, I, I, that was my main complaint about it. I, I, I like him in a team, uh, but I don't think in his main title he should have a team kick save his ass. So that was my main con. Uh, the Squirrel Girl part, JR, was definitely very funny. It was one of my favorite scenes also. The Doc Ock was just out of nowhere. I was a little bit confused. Uh, 
I think I gave the other one a B minus. I'm going to give this one a B. Uh, I liked it a little bit more. I also liked the obscure Ms. Marvel reference of when she worked at the Daily Bugle. Wasn't that in the very first 1970s issue? Didn't she work yeah, at the Ms. Bugle? Marvel and Jessica Jones. I thought that was. When did Jessica Jones work at the Bugle? Maybe on uh, the Pulse. Bendis wrote uh, oh, the right. series called The Pulse, and she did that uh, kind of superhero section. That's right. That's why I didn't get that because I. Didn't Put the pulse next to the beagle. Okay, so Brad, have you noticed that we seem to have moved into an era where I'm consistently giving better grades than you? What'd you give on that one? An A. Wow. <laughs> That's I think funny. it's been happening a lot lately. It's kind it of freaking me out. It's very strange. And that wraps up this episode. Before we go, I want to thank MailOrderComics.com for sponsoring this episode. Another spider example is on the Amazing Spider-Man Annual number 38. This one is written by John Lehman, who is an Eisner Award winner for his independent book titled Chew. This book is sort of a what-if story where Peter is a billionaire and Spidey is the most powerful and beloved hero in the universe. Well, this is Spidey, so that Parker bad luck will eventually chime in, I guess. The cover price, $3.99. Mailer has it for just $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. For the Spider-Man Crawl Space, I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas. <laughs> <laughs>